Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. The Chels is backed for the season by Ladbrooks. Hello, good evening and welcome. We're back. We're so sorry about last week. Technical nightmares and bits of equipment that just didn't work. You know what it's like. It was all a bit miserable, really. And uh, we lost all our guests. And we haven't got many of them back. Because actually, one was not here last week because he was in Huddersfield. And then this week, nobody can make it because they're all out having a good time at Christmas parties. But don't worry, it's not just me that's here. We have the inimitable, the one and only Visa Man himself, Mr. Andy Saunders. Ho, ho, ho. It's Christmas. <laughs> it is Christmas. How are you, Andy? I'm um, all right. Yeah, I, you weren't here last week. We might as well get into this straight away you did you, you're going through is this your midlife um i don't like to call it a crisis because I don't, but i don't think it is because i think it's quite positive you've decided you're going to do quite a lot of traveling for away games this year i've always done a couple of away games a season um but this year i thought i'd try and do a few more just to experience different places um so you know places like huddersfield Azerbaijan, you know, places you wouldn't normally go, really. Um, I'm more interested in those than I am in Old Trafford and Anfield, which I've been to loads of times. Um, and, and before, unless you, at the very start of the season, start going to away games, you don't accrue enough loyalty points to go to these games. So I started to go to a few at the beginning of the season, found I had the loyalty points and was able to purchase tickets for these smaller grounds. Like Huddersfield's only 24,000, so it was very difficult to get a ticket, but I managed to get one. So, so I went up there on Tuesday and it was a lot of fun. So On my own. Yeah, I was going to say, not only have you in the past, you've taken me, you've taken your sons. Um, this time you ended up purely on your own. I, I like going on my own. Was that so you can go fighting and things? Yeah. Because <laughs> I know what my, you like. Put my balaclava on. <laughs> no, it, I, it, I just like, I mean, I went up on the train. I didn't go up on the, on the Chelsea train. I went up on my, on my own train, not my own train, literally, <laughs> literally my own train. Well, you tell me you're very, very rich. So. I went up on, my, I went up on, uh, I went to Leeds, Leeds, hey up Leeds. And, Dirty um, Leeds. 
then across on the Trans Pennine Railway to Huddersfield, which takes about 25 minutes. It was very lovely. And I timed it so I kind of got there so I could go straight to the game. And uh, it was lovely. It's a lovely town, Huddersfield. Um, all those kind of, I suppose, 10 years ago, they would have been horrible, deserted mills. have all been done up now, so it's all very nice, and the canal is lovely and clean. Uh, walked to the ground, and policemen were nice to me on the way down there. You're right, son, do you know where you're going? Type of thing, which would never happen anywhere else. People were very friendly in the shops. You're right, duck. And uh, got to the ground, and uh, I like, I kind of like the kind of going on your own thing, and then um, standing on my own, talking to people around me. Nice. Yeah, no, good fun, a good game. I, well, you know, it was quite interesting. I was, I was, um, I was reading something about the half time at Huddersfield um, when they they had uh, they have like people chatting on the microphone at half time. I don't know whether you were there or not. Or the but, bloke saying that is it's really terrible and they're yeah, going to really struggle. Well, and they said, "So, what do you think?" He said, "Well, they're a bit bloody good, aren't they?" And yeah. you know, oh dear. Well, what would you suggest? And he went, "Oh." panic yeah you know and you just think you know because it, it's interesting when you see these clubs come up because it means a lot to the community doesn't it and i think we forget how much football means to local communities well yeah and and as well you know as an away fan you want to go there and goad goad the home supporters because there's only a few of you up there comparatively and so you start singing you know you know slightly ribald songs at them and then you realize it's mainly kind of old blokes and kids and it's really quite silly really everybody's been really nice to you so you haven't really, your heart's not really in it, you know. I mean, to kind of, you know, to to give it large. Yeah. So you end up, you know, you end up just being nice to everybody. It's 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 good. Yeah, it was a really nice atmosphere in the ground. It's only a, it's, a, it's a lovely ground architecturally. It's a nice ground. It's fairly new, um, and it's really small. Um, and yeah, it was good. And I bet you and cold, really cold. Yeah, seriously cold. Yeah, proper well, northern cold. Yeah, it is. It yeah. bites through you. Yeah, and and I see you had a a pretty good, substantial, healthy meal up there. Yeah, I, I mean the problem. One of the problems is if you do time it so that you go straight from the train to the ground, you don't tend to eat before the game. So you have the option of a you know burger when you get to the ground. But there was a massive queue, and so by at the end of the ground, I was staying at a local Premier Inn and walking down. And the only place within about a three mile radius that I could find was a kebab shop, and I ordered a kebab and chips, expecting. Expecting to get a nice piece of pita bread, some salad. Would you like chilli sauce? I literally got a load of doner meat and some chips. And uh, and they put it in a box. So I assumed it would have a pita bread and stuff in there. And I got it back to the hotel and I opened it up and it was shoe leather and chips. But it was delicious. <laughs> and no my diet cake. And I did tweet out that, uh, you know, having kebab and chips at 11pm in a Premier in Huddersfield means I probably do need counselling. <laughs> with a diet coat. I do need counselling if I'm doing this with my life. <laughs> um, well, it's, maybe it's only just begun. Maybe you could I, have- I, I, I was sitting there thinking this is a lot of people's idea of hell. You know, it's like cold. It's a long way. It's, you know, it's not a particularly nice hotel. It's a disgusting meal. And I'm thinking there thinking... I'm in heaven. I love the, I love this shit. <laughs> yeah, but isn't that the thing though? You know, I mean, it is because what you've done is you've made it an adventure. Yeah, it's always it's not an like, adventure. Oh, this is going to be such hard work. Going maybe if you went every week, every year to all these places, maybe you get fed up. I don't know. But this. Everything means nothing that moment the boys in blue run out onto the pitch. Well, me it? and Phil are going to go to Everton on Saturday. Uh, so that'll be an experience taking Phil up to Goodison Park. Well, you should have a great time there. Well, yeah, it'll be fun. And um, we're going we're gonna to stay the night before because it's an early kickoff. So we'll stay, stay the night before in Liverpool and uh, and we'll go to the game. And I mean, Everton's. He's Everton's, booked you a room with a single bed, you know that. <laughs> 
Everton's Everton's a really interesting ground because one of the really it's one of the really old first division grounds. So there's pillars in the way and the seats are wooden and it's it's got that kind of really old school feel to it. It's not particularly brilliant for sight lines, but in terms of atmosphere, it's a it's a really good ground. I went up there for the FA Cup game last year. Yeah. I think it was when we lost in Lukaku school against us. But um, yeah, it's it's a good ground to go to. So I like that one as well. I like it when there's a bit of atmosphere. What I don't like particularly is the kind of identity kit grounds you know, like Stoke and Leicester I mean we go to Stoke and Leicester because they're good for you to get to and yeah. you know and they're good they're good fun grounds to go to and they're good games and they're quite easy to get to but they're just soulless identikit stadiums you know yeah no it's true well I suppose I mean it, now we started talking about it I mean th- we missed last week the podcast the fact of the matter is is that you know we messed it up a bit against Atletico didn't have a very good time against West Ham we don't really have time to dwell on those now I went to West uh, Ham as well oh did you yeah okay well you know maybe we can chat about it a bit later but uh, well there's not a lot to talk about no, really we, did, we it, didn't turn up they played okay it's a horrible stadium to watch football in um, you know it's, it was a miserable Saturday we move on yeah exactly. you know i mean i have to say we you know we have now won eight of our last 10 exactly. games you know that was the only one we've lost we drew against liverpool um it's it's not a disaster it was a it was disappointing you know we had loads of opportunities in that game as well that we couldn't convert it wasn't the end of the world it happens yeah. and the other the other side of it is that you know this time last year with the number of points we had we'd have been top yeah. before man U played at the weekend yeah we'd have been top the same time yeah, last yeah. year i mean so. city are just having an extraordinary season so yeah no exactly so that that's it. So, okay. Well, you know, we'll look at the Huddersfield team. Well, let's do it in a sec because we've just got to go for a quick break. Okie dokes. Sign up and deposit up to £50 and Labrooks will put the same amount into your account, giving up to £50 worth of free bets. Follow the link to bet.chelseapodcast.net. And we're back. So, let's uh, have a look at the old team at Huddersfield then, Andy. Well, we started off, obviously, with uh, Thibaut Courtois in goal. Um, back three of Aspilicueta, Christensen and Rudiger. Uh, Moses and Alonso on the flanks. Kante and Bakayoko in the middle. And a front three of William, Hazard and Pedro. Um, and, you know, we went into that game. Huddersfield had won three of their previous four home league games. So, it wasn't by any stretch of the imagination a, a given at all. You know, this is a team that have, you know, had a really good first season bounce. They've done particularly well. They've not, they've beaten some decent teams. They've beat United, United there. Yeah. Um, you know, but uh, I thought we, you know, what I said, um, I tweeted at half time, I thought we looked all business in the first half. We, you know, we just came out very focused, no messing about, took the game to them, which we didn't do at West Ham. You know, we set out with the two up front at West Ham. We were a little bit cautious. We conceded an early goal um, and then they shut up shop and, and it did for us. But th- we went straight onto the front foot against Huddersfield, attacked them and, you know, overwhelmed them, frankly. Yeah, I, th- I think that's true. Uh, what I also think is interesting is uh, the way Conte's handling the whole Bakayoko situation. You know, there's been an awful lot being made about Bakayoko not being good enough and what have you. And Conte picks him. And he's he's sat there in the middle and actually had a pretty good game, I thought. Yeah, I think we've spoken about him a lot, haven't we, this season? Yeah. But, you know, he's got a lot to learn. He's very raw. He's very young, remember. People forget how young he is. You know, he played in a, a fairly sonambulant league in France. You know, not a particularly tough league. In a very good team where he was made to look very good. I think he's got all the attributes. I think in recent games, certainly against Huddersfield and Southampton, as we're going to come on to, I thought he looked really good. You know, when he plays the ball simple, when he doesn't get caught in possession, you know, when he does uh, a very particular role... Which which is to shield and protect, but also to bring the ball forward um, and, and give and go. I think he's, I think he's a really good player. So I'm really hopeful that he's going to turn into a really special player for us. Yeah, I think so. And you know, I uh, we've talked about it before. 
I can't subscribe to this whole point of view of like, oh, well, he's only learning, he's only young. Well, then, you know, we, we could uh, just as easily do with Loftus-Cheek in the side. That's not true because, it, okay, it may be a somnambulant league, as you're saying, France, but at least he's played for a couple of years, week in, week out. The thing about Loftus-Cheek, we're still learning about him because he's finally getting a run in a side. Can I just, what, what's that smell? Oh, it's the smell of tardiness. That would be Christian Dior Sauvage. <laughs> Where the hell have you been? Oh, my I, I God. I apologise. Blame National Rail. Signal failures. What are you, oh, look. What, I thought there was all fixed your back. Well, it's getting better, but I'm still struggling. Yeah. Are you sitting down, though? Well, I might have to get on my knees again. Just don't mention Jack Wilshire. Oh, sorry. Yeah, Gary. sorry. That, that is the, the voice of, um, of, uh, of young... Well, not that young. You look a lot older with that beard as well, you know. The voice of young Essex. And young ba- Essex. And the bags under my eyes. from not Gary Hayes. Literally, though, where have you been? On the train. Right. Why are you always late? I'm not always late. Always late. I'm Every always single late, time man. I'm on, you're late. Ugh. I was on time last week. I was the first one here last week. And then, uh, thanks to Ollie, there was no show. <laughs> <laughs> Ollie is our Ollie sound engineer. Welcome to the Christmas mashup. Right, it's all Bar changed. humbug. <laughs> anyway, Uddersfield. I, I heard you talking about Loftus Cheek. Can I just say something that um, oh. our mutual friend John Batsek? I said to Kerry, I was like, I can't believe you let him criticise me on my show. You know, I was like, you know, on my, what did on, he my say? on my patch. Well, um, if you are listening, John, um, he said that uh, yeah, you look at Loftus Cheek and you compare to compare him to what he did. Uh, to, uh, to what Christensen's doing right now, where you know, Christensen's come in and he's performing and impressing. But there's a, div- there's a vast difference between what Loftus-Cheek did at Chelsea in the five games he had an opportunity in when he didn't. Namely, that Christensen had two years at you know, a Bundesliga club where he was playing every week. Yeah, which is what we've just been talking That's about. That's what we did. Yeah. Yeah. If you'd have been uh, here na- on time, you would have well, ju- Just to reinforce the point, but namely as well that um, Christensen's playing in his, in his preferred position. Yeah. Loftus Cheek has played as a makeshift striker, a number ten, anywhere but the position he's meant to play. And you look at Christensen when he was playing under Mourinho two years ago against Strawberry Town. He was playing as a right back and he was struggling against now, who? Well, Shrewsbury, but Hazard oh, right. calls him Strawberry, doesn't oh, right, he? Okay. But um, God, don't you know any yeah, of your come stuff, on, Andy? God, but, um, I don't I, concern I, I myself with the trivia. <laughs> Christensen is a you know a case in point for successful loan spells and Courtois as well not that I particularly the biggest fan of him but consistent loan spells show what these players can do yeah no yeah. you're absolutely right and, and again that's, that's kind of the point that Kerry was making about um, uh, about Bakayoko and people saying well couldn't Loftus-Cheek have done that the fact is Bakayoko has played a lot of football at Monaco he's played Champions League football you know he's got a lot of games in his legs Chris, uh, Loftus-Cheek I think this, this season will get a lot of games in his legs I mean he you know assisted at the weekend he's you know in a team that are on the up I think he's a central part of that team he's going to you know feel like he's an important player and I think all that stuff's going to do really really well for if and when he comes back Excellent. Well, now we're just going to let Gary take his clothes off and blow his nose and get ready for the second half of the podcast. Back in a second. The Chels is backed for the season by Ladbrokes. Well, hopefully the world heard your apology there, Gary. And <laughs> That's got, not going I, in. I have got one, before we move on, I have got one very interesting Huddersfield stat which is Chelsea's win at Huddersfield means that the Blues have now won at 50 different stadiums in the Premier League. Ooh. Only Liverpool have won at more stadiums in the competition, oh, 53. Oh, then you have to make it yeah. all miserable again, beaten by them. Also, in that game, you are moving on Southampton now, aren't you? I haven't yet. I was oh, just, right. just going to talk. One thing I wanted to talk quickly about the Huddersfield Go situation on. is um, 
what do we think about this you know people used to call it a false nine and now they've given up with that because it's a nonsense saying I, i've hated that it's a front, it's a front three yeah it's a front three thank you <laughs> but it's very interesting how it makes the team so different makes it much more fluid and if we're going to get on to Southampton we'll talk about the difference it, it made to the team when Morata came on in the second half I mean how do you feel about having that front three as it is it works in certain games yeah, yeah I was going to say it works one game and it doesn't the next, the next. So, the same so, way so the key is to choose it uh, see he didn't play it against West Ham and I think it would have worked against West Ham I, I think agree. actually taking the game to West Ham you know on the front foot uh, and 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 dominating them early doors, I think would have would have worked. Um, and I think he just picked the wrong formation in that a game. A front three would have worked against West Ham. That's what not, I just said. Yeah, but no, but not with the false nine as it is. No, no, no. But a front three, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. is what we're talking about. But, the, but I think that Chelsea's best attacking formation is that three four three that won them the title last year. Um, but I don't think it is the best attacking formation with Hazard at the at the tip of it. So what, it it does lead a very interesting question here is, okay, I know what you're saying about it depends on the game, but in principle, you kind of have a team and that is how it works and you change it around for odd games here and there. You know, is Murata going to spend more time on the pitch or off the pitch? Well, you say, the, the other thing, just, just to, on that point though, you say that, but the last two games, Southampton and Huddersfield, have been with Hazard at the tip. I mean, he came off after 73 minutes against Southampton and we won both those games comfortably. Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. But I think that we won the Southampton game comfortably because of the way they played. And I think that the Huddersfield were naive against us and that's why we were able to win, you know, 3 0 in the, you know, that, the point is, though, is you, you, you would easily find ways of, you know, you can easily find ways to show that this so-called false nine works, but then equally you can show ways that it doesn't, that you can look at some stats and say, well, Chelsea win a certain percentage of games with Hazard in that in that side, but, I, 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 well, it's a, sorry, in that position rather than that side, but I think if you look at it overall, in the same way that Chelsea playing a 3-5-2 won us the match against United, equally it lost us the match against City. And I think that you'll have that problem that... I oh, know, I agree. And that's why I say it needs yeah. to be used for certain yeah, games. Yeah, that's, that's what I mean. You'll play Hazard as the focal but, point of the attack and Chelsea will lose against or yeah. might not be as effective against a certain team. I would say you have to take City out of the equation. I don't think any formation would have beaten City. Now, that's my point. I don't, I don't think I think I think that if Chelsea played the 3-4-3 three, three that day and Morata not gone off for hamstring injury, Chelsea would have given them a better game. Better game, but yeah. I don't think they would have. I'm not, I'm not saying, you know, it's, it's, it's too subjective to say whether yeah, they won or lost, but I think that Chelsea, with the players they've got and the personnel and the way that it's that's set up... What don't you like about it? Do you just think there's no focal point? Yeah, because what you've got is you've got a player who is trying to be a number 10 and roams and there's no presence. And I think that you always need, no matter who you are, you always need presence through the middle... You know, you look at City with Aguero and Jesus. They stay in the. They, they play their role. They play their position. Whereas Hazard, it's not his. Pro, it's not his fault. It's just that he's, he's a Roman. Yeah, he's, he's used to roaming the pitch, and the same as Pedro and the same as William. Unless you play those guys every single week and drill them, drill them, drill them, drill them every week to understand they need to float. And when one player's out on the left, someone drops into the you know the centre, etc. That you're not going to get understanding. And I think that yeah. you can get away with it against Huddersfield, and yeah. you get away with it against Southampton. But then. When you play a proper team, I, I, you're not going to. I would say this, that, you know, we had 12 shots, uh, five on target against Huddersfield. We had 
24 shots and eight on target against um, Southampton. It's not a case that we're not creating chances here. No, look at if the way there's any, if there's, if there, well, it doesn't matter. If, if, you know, the point is they're creating chances with those three up front. If there's, if there's an issue, it's finishing. And, and that's not necessarily going to come down to a target, man. It's then, the fact is they're in front of goal. They're just not putting the ball in But then in with net. those chances, how many are inside the 18-yard box? How many touches did Chelsea have in that 18-yard box? Well, I could probably break that down for you, but the fact of the matter but that, is... That, that's the point, though, is I think that in that situation, you know, like when Arsenal played United recently and they're like, oh, you know, Arsenal had 33 efforts on goal. Yeah, but it was when they were getting desperate and they were pinging the ball from anywhere. Yeah, but they also had a lot of opportunities with the higher. But you, no, you know the point I'm making. Though, no, but the point that, 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 I, I think it, I think it's a moot argument because I think if you're creating chances and you're creating chances in front of goal, which we did, and the finishing is poor, you can't then turn around and say a target man would have made a massive. But difference. I, I don't I don't think a, someone shooting from 25 yards is a chance. Well, I don't think that all of those were from 25 yards. Were they? That's what I'm saying. It'd be interesting to see the breakdown because yeah. I've got that breakdown to give a proper assessment okay, of it. But okay, so here's here's a question then. Um, would you, if he's fit, does Morata get picked every single time? If yes. he's fit, yeah, of course. Yeah, so of that, course. that kind of, you know, means that everything else is secondary. Everything well, else yeah. we're talking about is based on when he's not able to be in the side, is what I, we're saying. Well, the, and the other question is, do you want him to play 50, 60 games a season? You know, do you want him, do you want to be able to rest Morata um, in certain games and play a front three of William Hazard and Pedro, for example, against teams? And I, I don't have a problem with that. I think that's fine. I think he's no, proved in the last two games that you can. Yeah, I would say that... Th- Obviously, the one thing we're learning about Morata is I think he need, his fitness needs handling. He's obviously prone to getting knocks and injuries and things, and yeah. he's not used to playing. I mean, you relate to that, Gary, right? Uh, yeah. yeah. But, you know, I mean, <laughs> not, not used to all that action. No, exactly. But, you know, Morata, let's not forget, is not used to playing an awful lot of games well, for the in last, his career. Well, for the last year he hasn't, because he did at Juventus, didn't he? Yeah, but, but before he turned up to us, in his whole career, he only played, made 74 starts or something. It's not much. You know, he's 24, and he'd, yeah. he'd, he's not played that much. The, the physicality of the Premier League as well. And, yeah. And yeah it, but, see, what, what I find interesting is... Um, I love him, by the way. I think he's going to yeah, be... Yeah, he's a great player. Yeah. You know, I think that in time he'll prove to be, you know, the value for, you know, the 70 million Chelsea paid him. Yeah. Well, it was 58 rising to 70 whatever it is but I think um, I spoke to you briefly about it on text message if you watch Monday Night Football with, with John Terry on there he said an interesting thing about you know, it, it was frustrating because he started talking tactically about how he as a coach would break down the Man City side because they were talking about it and then Jamie Carragher get, you know, kept cutting him off but there was an interesting point he raised about resting players and he said for him personally that um, you, as a player you still travel to the away game you're still in the hotel the night before you still have to train on the pitch after the game, you still have to go and train the next day because you didn't play. He said, so where are you getting that rest? You're still getting the travel fatigue. You're still getting this, that and the other. He said he finds it better that if he just keeps playing and playing and playing so he gets that rhythm and then he benefits from having the two rest days rather than training fully and then they have their third day to prepare and they're playing again. I think you start looking at players like Morata and you're talking about rotation. They, these players need to play the, the Saturday games. They need to play them every week. You might want to rest them maybe on the Wednesday or the Tuesday game, you know, like for the Carabao Cup this week, for instance, where... Yeah, obviously for the Cup games, but then you've got Champions League, you're not going to rest in for the Champions League No, no, League but game. that's what I'm saying though, is that for the big games or the essential games, and to me, every single league game is essential, we don't want to be dropping points anywhere, and every, every Champions League game, obviously, there's, you know, moments in the season where you might be able to rest your best players, but I, I, wherever I, you can, you've got to play your best team, regardless I, of rotation. I, I, I totally agree. I think Kerry's got a point though. I think Morata looks like a player who 
constantly has little niggles. You know, this time it's been back, it's been illness. He's yeah, I, I, I think for him now, you've just got to manage it. You know, it's, it's a transition period from La Liga into you know the, the hustle and bustle of English football, and also what, like you say, playing regularly every week and having that put on put upon him. But suddenly, you're the man. You've got to play every week. You're the guy that's got to score the goals. And if you're, you know, we know from from history that you know if you get a very bad hamstring tear. That's just going to come back and play. But you if you look at it, it's the same problem that Diego Costa. Now, what I was just about time. to say, you know, I mean, and he suffered from it very badly until he that's got a wrapping rest. cotton wool for that first season. And right. after that, he was always fit. Well, then, 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 hopefully, that's what's going to happen. But you know, I think Kerry's right. You've got to manage a player like that. He's a racehorse. You know, you can't just race him over the flat every day. No, know? it's true. I mean, and the, I suppose that the last thing we should talk, just to let everyone know out there, we're doing two podcasts this week to make up for last week. So what we're doing in this one is just talking about what's been. And then we'll talk about everything that's coming up in the second podcast. Just this on, week. The, on, on uh, the yeah, just to finish up the Huddersfield thing, we did concede a, a goal at the end. Um, Ethan Ampadu at eighty at seventeen years and eighty nine days became the second youngest Chelsea player to make an appearance in the Premier League after. It's not Josh McEachran. No, Jody Morris. Jody Morris. And yeah, I, I'll tell you what I was against. It was against Middlesbrough. We won five nil. There you go, Jody Morris. Seven, seventeen years and forty three days. Well done, Gary. Yeah, excellent. No, and, uh, and and they put him in at centre back, and he immediately he got came off the bench, though, didn't he? He came off the bench. Um, I it was mean, it's first season. Came on late, this. you know. He came on late. He came on after uh, seventy nine minutes. So, yeah. and then immediately conceded a goal. You know, as the yeah. Patra rose uh, above him. You know, yeah. Hey, look! If there's ever a time to make him, he looked distraught. Oh, was it, five, it was it was it five one? Not for, oh no, Ampadu. Sorry, you're talking about that. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I was going to say. I swear we bought, beat Borough five nil. Yeah, okay. Mm. Yeah, but, he seemed to. I remember. Yeah, watching Ampadu there. It was a bit of. Um, Naivety allowing him to run off him like that. There you go. Best time to do it at 3 0. Uh-huh. You know, so, you know, I, he'll learn. I've got no worries about him. He looks so like he's probably a player. I mean, th- look, for Conte to have him around and have him on the bench and actually pick him for 10 minutes in a game, it just shows he sees something. I don't think Conte's one of those just to appease people and just no. put people in. But what's, what I find really interesting as well, though, is that you've got all these other young defenders that have been at the club for a while Clark Salter, yeah. Fakaya Tamori. You know, he's seen them and he's had the reports on them from Eddie Newton. Ampadu comes in and he's the one that's on the bench immediately and he's getting the opportunities. And these yeah. other guys, these other guys that have been winning youth cups. I wonder what Chelsea, he sees him as, whether he sees him as a holy midfield player, whether he sees him as a centre back, because he plays centre back for youth, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah and then against not um, uh, County, played him, played him in holy midfield, didn't he? midfield. So just yeah. a those days, they're probably working out what his best position yeah, is. He's absolutely. 17 years old. Exactly. Yeah. So just one quick word on William. Quick word on William. Uh, directly involved in six goals in his last four starts in all competitions with Chelsea, you know, after uh, the Huddersfield game. I thought he was superb in that game. And he, you know, has proved against uh, teams that we can dominate that he really can dominate teams. Yeah. You know, I think he's still got a question mark over his finishing and his final touch and his final product. But I think, you know, from, from the beginning of the season where people were shaking their heads a little bit about him, I think he's proven himself to be a really valuable part of this team. And I think that it's, it would be madness to, to not look after him. Yes, Gary? Oh, I'm just shaking my head at idiots. Well, yeah, we yeah, know that. But, <laughs> just... but then your head would fall off if yeah, you shake true. it all the time at the idiots. Yeah. Now, William is one of the most fantastic players we've seen in a long time. And, you know, I, I feel kind of sorry for him and I feel sorry for Pedro that they are basically the in and out boys of that but, team. But look you at, know? you know, it's because he's not got amazing ratings on FIFA or some, just this, this whole culture of you know, wanting to attack players because they're not fashionable. Look at Alonso, won Chelsea the game at the weekend with an absolute, you know, worldie of a free kick. 
you know, the vision he had to see Foster wasn't concentrating at that moment to hit it then, to take his moment, you know. And give it two weeks and everyone will be on his back again and telling him he's rubbish and that they want Alexandro in. I I tell you what we should... Oh, we've got a game tomorrow night, Bournemouth. Yeah. And um, so we should just quickly mention that because, of course, the second podcast won't mention that. Right. um, Unfortunately. And you might all work out why. Because we won't be doing it live at the end of the week. But we should just mention <laughs> why. time for that one. So Bournemouth, yeah. uh, uh, so Conte has already said that he's going to blood some youth and, and give them a run out, which is the right thing to do in, in this competition. Yeah. Um, I don't think it is. Ugh. Not now. The re- and the reason, I'm not, doing that, I'm not saying that to be awkward. You're in a bad mood tonight. No, he's doing it in the wrong way. He should have been doing this in September. And now you get into the business end of this competition, you should be playing your best team. What, in the quarters? Yeah, you know, Chelsea can... If they get into the semis, okay, you've still got City, Arsenal... Against and Bournemouth. United left. It doesn't matter. But he Do you think going Bournemouth out. are going to be playing their best team? Yes, because Bo- this is Bournemouth season. Well, Bournemouth are struggling though, you, aren't you, they? You, yeah, but you look at... You know, you look at Swansea a few years ago under Michael Laudrup, what they did, and they came to Chelsea and Rafa was manager and they, they beat us. And, well, because Ivanovic gave them two goals. Yeah. <laughs> and then Hazard kicked the ball boy, or did he? Yeah, yeah. Um, but Deserved I Deserved it anyway. Yeah. But I just think you look at you look at it now and you think that come on it's the early rounds of the cups that you play your your younger players because they're the games that are easier. Or, yeah, or I'd supposed say, to be oh, easier. he's not going to play an under eighteen team. Yeah. He'll play a mix of but youth what, and experience, and he'll I mean, have experience though, on the I bench. Know, Forrest was the time to do that, and he did yeah. it to a degree with Musonda and putting yeah, Amadou in. But, but I think there's also something else we're missing. Chelsea hadn't got their rhythm early in the season and he actually used the Carabao Cup as an exercise to try and get the team going I think yeah but also as well after tomorrow night you've got Everton on Saturday you've then got um, Stoke is that right no Brighton Uh, Brighton on Boxing Day then you've got Stoke then you've got you know Norwich Arsenal I mean there's a load of games coming up I mean there is that there is that kind of you know when do you you know, rotate. When do you give people a rest? And this is, I think, the uh, the right strategy. I kind of like the league cup for that. I like the fact that you get to see players that you know you might call fringe players coming out yeah. and proving themselves. And I think as long as he gets the mix and the balance right, it'll be fine. Okay. Well, we're just going to finish off this podcast, uh, podcast one, with our predictions for the Bournemouth game. So, Andy, um, because I think he's going to play youth um, and experience. I don't think we'll steamroll them. I think two nil. Okay, Gary. 2-1 to the Cherries. Oh. I think they'll beat us. I think they will. He's really good. No, no, oh. for, the the fact, for the simple fact that right, if he plays a weakened team with a youth perspective on it, I think we'll lose. But if he plays his best team, which he should be doing because they should be going for this trophy now, then we will win because we're too good for Bournemouth. But I just think, listening to what he said today at his press conference, that he's, gonna, he's leaning to playing a few of his younger players and I think that's not the best thing to be doing. Okay, well, we'll... What do, we'll you, what do you think? Uh, I think we'll win 3-1. Yeah. I think. I think you're, you're doom and gloom on this. But it's okay. Well, with the doom and gloom over, we better go. And we shall see you later in the week where we won't even discuss the Bournemouth result. All right, thanks for joining us. Thank you for finally getting here, Gary. And we'll see you all a bit later. This is a Playback Media production. Get all the associated links for this podcast at Chelsea Podcast. 
Net. The Chels is backed for the season by Ladbrooks. If you're a large organisation involved in managing, purchasing or making decisions on software licences, you need Livingston. Livingston provides the technology and a large team of experts to help you understand what software is installed on your network, who is using it and whether you purchase the right number of software licences to legally use it. This information can help you make smart business decisions when it comes to renegotiating software licensing agreements with large software publishers like Microsoft, Oracle, IBM and others, and when budgeting for software spend. To reduce the cost and risk of managing your software licenses, speak to Livingston today about our managed services. Over 50 multinationals across the world trust Livingston to manage their software licenses. Visit livingston-tech.com for more information. Sports Social Podcast Network.